title of today's lesson, our message, Occupy Till I Come. Occupy Till I Come. If you will, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. If I were you, I would highlight that, that, that scripture. I would highlight it. I would underline it. I would put it on my refrigerator. I would put it in my car. I would put it by my bedside, my bedside on a stand. I would keep it before me. Here's what it says. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Great doors, great battles. Giants. Small doors, small giants. Small victories. With great doors, they make me effective. The enemy don't allow you with the small doors all day long. Them big doors, look out. Open with me your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. The Word of God is light and life. The Word of God is life and light. Beginning at verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Is that a big door or a little door? So with big doors come what? Big giants. I want you to leave your family and go to a place that I will show you. Now, if you're going to open doors like that, you can expect to have big giants, not little giants. Those kind of doors have enemies. They have Goliaths. They have a Pharaoh to keep them out. They have walls that's not going to let them through. We've been talking about that in Bible study. Amen. Doors go hand in hand with adversaries. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Is everybody tracking with me? We, we, we need to operate in faith. If we have big doors to walk through, we're going to have big what? Giants, adversaries. Now, here's what you need to know. First, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Say, that's me. We have this treasure in earthly, earth, earthen vessels, and God has hidden things in our hearts and our minds. That's what he's done in these, these vessels inside this clay. Say, I'm dirt. You didn't say that convincingly. I'm dirt. 
What made the difference was he breathed into you. <laughs> so if you don't have God's breath in you, <laughs> pretty much useless. Amen, somebody. You can never look and tell how great and effective somebody is based on what you see because the treasure inside is what you see. Or the vessel is, but you don't see the treasure inside of the vessel. So don't judge a book by its. And many of us do that. Uh-oh. Heaven has windows. Heaven has windows, right? Heaven has windows, right? Because he said, I open up the windows of heaven and pour. So he wants to pour into you. And hell has what? Gates. Okay, here we go. We got that. Somebody got it. Heaven has and hell has. Everybody good. Watch this. Now, this may step on your toes. There are people who give evil permission through them to enter the earth. Mm -mm. Let me finish before anybody get upset with me. There are people who give evil permission through them to enter the earth. And the Bible says we, we fight not against flesh, and, but against principalities and power and evil in high places. Evil spirits uses gates. You think the enemy is the person, but it's not the person. It's the spirit. But you want to you fight people. I, I, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. I said, who should you be fighting? And they, they got the answer wrong. I said, you're fighting the wrong one. And I showed them why. Showed them the truth. Fight not against flesh and blood. And people are flesh and Thank you. Okay. So quit fighting people. Fight the enemy. Well, actually, you don't have to fight the enemy because he's already defeated. But it's not the person, but it's the spirit that is using that person, watch this, many times unbeknown by that person that they are being used for evil, and they don't even know it. <laughs> That's been me at one time or another. What about you? Uh-oh, I ain't get a hold. See, everybody in here ain't telling the truth. You've been used and won't tell the truth. And the Bible said the truth shall set you. You want to be free, tell the truth. But I need more amens than that. So it looks like someone is standing in the way of your progress, and it ain't the person, but it's the Spirit. Luke chapter 19. Now, Bishop talked about this a few weeks ago. Remember talking about the minors? Anybody? Come on, y'all. He ain't going to like that now. Luke 19. Luke 19. Verse 11. Now, as they heard these things, he spoke another parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they thought the kingdom of God will appear immediately. Verse 12, therefore, he said, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive himself a kingdom and to return. So he was gone for a period of time. Verse 3, so he called 10 of his servants, delivered to them 10 minors, and said unto them, 
do business till I come. And some of us are still sitting on our blessed assurance. I mean, I'm, that's, a, that's the nicest way I know how to put it. <laughs> do business till I come. Before I dig into that, let me, let me share something with you. We're in a war. I said, we're in a war. Israel's in a war. Our warfare is not to win. <laughs> Uh-oh. I got your attention. Our warfare is not to win. I, I wonder if I got anybody that can join me. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise can be your warfare. Worship can be warfare. It's not always just being intimate with God. You worship your way through. In your tears, you're pushing back the gates of hell, forces of darkness. You see that? When you're praising him and when you're worshiping, you're pushing those forces back. Watch this. Lucifer can't stand praise. Huh? He can't stand it. So every time you worship or pray, you put him in remembrance of what he's supposed to be doing. And the enemy is the one who come not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. So when he come against you and you are, somebody going to get this, when you praise him and worship, it pushes him back. So some of you who've been sitting down and not lifting your hands, you may want to get up and lift your hands and... Give glory to God. Getting back to Luke 19. When Jesus teaches a parable, he's explained a spiritual truth that he's hidden behind the curtains of a story. Jesus wants you to see the kingdom principle behind the story. Now watch this. The kingdom doesn't come to the casual. The kingdom doesn't come to the casual. The kingdom comes to the seeker. Seek ye first the of and his, and all these things shall be. It comes to the seeker, not the casual. Can you see that? Amen. Now, do business till I come. I looked at another trans translation. It's, it's, it's a better translation than that one. It's in the NIV. He says, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Jesus goes to the cross. He defeats Satan, right? He conquered the grave, death, and hell. And where is he now? Sitting at the right hand of the Father, which is a posture of completion. I am done. Guess what? You ain't going to get him up. Because he said it is finished. There is nothing left for him to do. There is nothing left for him to do. No battles, no nothing. He's already won. He's already victorious. You're already victorious. You already have peace and joy, and prosperity and restoration. It's all there. But we have to occupy it. 
Now watch this. He didn't say go win. Where, where did he say go win in the Bible? I can't find it. He didn't say go beat the devil. He said to occupy it. Go possess what I have already taken for you. Don't you remember the scripture? I have given you everything that pertained to, I have, that's past tense. Hell has gates to keep you out. Jericho has walls trying to keep you out. Pharaoh's trying to keep you out. Goliath's trying to keep you out. But forgetting those things behind, I press toward the, watch this, uh uh-uh, upward, upward call of God, not downward, upward call of God. Quit looking down. Hold your head up. Upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Watch this. To me, there's no such thing in the kingdom as there. T-H-E-R-E. It's called upward. What do you mean? Continue to press. I ain't got there yet. So I continue to press. I continue forgetting those things that are behind. That's why I brought that up to the candidates for baptism. Don't stare in your rearview mirror. Stare in your windshield. You glance in your, in your, in your rearview mirror, but you don't stare at it because you, you keep driving and staring in that rearview mirror. You know what you're going to end up saying? Uh-oh. Whoops. And then you go to digging for that insurance card. And all you had to do is focus where you should be focusing. Somebody say amen. Hey, hey. You got to press forward. You got to open new doors. You got to confront challenges. Now watch this. God told Moses at a burning bush, I have given you a land flowing with milk and honey. I have given you a land flowing with milk and honey. How long did he tell him that? Forty years. What took 40 years? They didn't go occupy. They didn't go occupy. He's already given it to them. They didn't go occupy. God has already won. I like this story. Y'all remember the war in Iraq? Y'all remember the war in Iraq? It was won in three days. It took them 10 years to occupy. And they tried to do it by democratic reform. Three days to win it, 10 years to occupy. Huh. Why did it take Moses, them folks that were following him 40 years to occupy? Somebody said disobedience. Okay. All right then. Just because the battle is over doesn't mean you possess what you're supposed to possess. Doors stand in front of you, occupy. That's why you need to always go back and reference that 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. I have <laughs> great doors, but there are many adversaries to try to keep you out. What is your Pharaoh? What is your Jericho wall? What is your Goliath? 
So, I'm pressing toward the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. I keep ascending, and that's how you live life until you die. Will the Curtis Mayfield keep on fucking, baby? You got to keep on. You, you can't just pause. You got to keep, keep on trucking, baby. Touch your neighbor, say, keep on trucking, baby. Now, if it ain't your wife, don't, don't say baby. Say, you know. So we get it. The first thing we got to do is what? The O word. Occupy. Thank you. Second thing you need to be aware of, the moment your next assignment is revealed, your next enemy is revealed. Can you turn to one more scripture for me? Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. And I, I promise you, this won't be born. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now, he was in the flesh then, right? Yeah, yeah, he was hungry. Now, verse 3, now when the tempter came to him, he said, look at this, if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Jesus had just been identified by heaven in chapter 3. Now, this is for a lot of preachers and ministers. There has to be two validations of your calling an earthly one and a heavenly one. An earthly one and a heavenly one. Now, for Jesus, ministers need to hear this. Jesus had been working under his father as a carpenter, watch this, unseen. Isaiah said, there was nothing about his appearance that would grab our attention. Nothing. He seemed like just a normal person. But he walks into a crowd where John the Baptist is baptizing. And this is where his earthly validation came in. You know what they said? Behold the lamb that take away the sins of the world. That's his earthly validation. Matthew 3, 16 and 17. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Verse 17, and suddenly a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That's his heavenly validation. After 30 years, his assignment is revealed. And when your assignment or your door is revealed, what's next? Your enemy. For 30 years, watch this, for 30 years in Jesus' life, there's no record of temptation, no record of adversity, no record of difficulty, no record of a challenge. I can't say it didn't happen, but in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 
There's no record of it. The only thing we have is that there was a decree put out to kill all the sons. That's it. Once this assignment was revealed, Satan is revealed. You know what he said? I got to test that. <laughs> I got to test that. Listen, when you get promoted, you better watch out. You're going to be tested. Amen, somebody. Somebody. The Bible says, and the tempter came. Now watch this. Look how he tempted him. Y'all see that? If you are the son of God. That's an insult. If you are the son of God. Tempt, listen, everybody need to listen to this. Temptation is never over what you're doing, but who you are. Never about what you're doing. It's about who you are. Your identity. People don't know who they are anymore. That's why we have so much identity confusion in, our, in this generation. You know what they call it? Dysphoria. People don't know their purpose. They don't know who they are. Can't tell what gender they are. Why? Because Satan don't come to tempt what you're doing. He comes to tempt who you are. Amen. So who are you? We have a generation that responds, I don't know. And they're honest. They don't know. So who should we let tell us who we are? He made you. So why are you going to let somebody else tell you who you are? It's always about who you are. So when the enemy is trying to keep you out, you know what you call it? Occupational warfare. Occupational warfare. Next assignment revealed, next enemy revealed. So you got two things. Let's, re, let, let's, let's, let's go back. Number one, what's the first thing? Occupy. That's good. What's number two? When your door is open and revealed, what's, what else is revealed? Your enemy is revealed. Don't you forget that. Don't you forget that. You may want to write it down. Number three. Okay, here we go. You don't need to miss this. When your enemy is revealed, watch this, and I didn't choose this word lightly. When your enemy is revealed, the greatest thing, I didn't say the next thing, I said the greatest thing you can do is obey it and instruction. I didn't get no amens behind that. You know, that's when people jack things up when they don't follow instructions. They want to do their own thing. They want to do it their way. But God wants it done his way. Amen. He wants it done his way. Turn to one more scripture with me, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. We're doing good. We're doing good. Exodus chapter 13, and let's look at verse 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. It was faster that way but he didn't take them that way. Y'all see that? 
Why? Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. You know, I told somebody the other day, that me and you talking, Brother Sam. I said, I ain't going back to Egypt. That was last night. I said, I ain't going back to Egypt. How many of you have, have made a decision? I'm not going back to Egypt. You can go if you want to. I shared this with Bishop some time ago. Watch this. You hear people make this statement. Listen to me. They say, people say, it's not greener on the other side. I say, yes, it is. But most of the time, it's around a sewer. If you didn't get it, maybe you'll get it on the way home. <laughs> Amen. So some people wonder why destiny takes so long. What's taking so long? I'm going to tell you why. Faith does not come by what you see. It cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now watch this. God gives promises, and then faith arises. And then your eyes see something contradictory to what's in your heart. You know what the Bible calls that? Double-mindedness. It's in your heart, but you see something else with your eyes. That's why he took them another route. Lest they see and change their minds. You know what? I know a lot of you have read Exodus before, but let me share, t tell you something. When you read the Bible, you really need to read it and pay attention to what it's saying and get ask God for revelation, to re not just information, but to reveal to you what he's actually saying to you. Amen, somebody. So, they have double-mindedness. What God told you in your heart and what you're seeing with your eyes and you're conflicted between the two and you don't know which one to believe. James 1 says, people like that, let them receive nothing from God. Double-mindedness. So you can't just sort of believe God. You got to believe him. You got to take him at his word. I've already given them the land, which represents the door, okay? The door in 1 Corinthians 16, 9. With great doors, there are what? Many adversaries. Many adversaries. So he's already given them the land, which is the door. But if they see warfare, Philistines, Goliath, giant, they'll change their mind. The giant is there to intimidate you from opening the door. A lot of you should not just do what you do now. You should be in leadership. But because of the giants there, you won't open the door. You're afraid. We'll get to that in a minute. So the giant is there to intimidate you from opening the door. First Timothy uh, 7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We talked about it earlier, didn't we? Discipline and self-what? Control. You know what the NIV says? It says a spirit of timidity in place of spirit of fear. 
He has not given us a spirit of timidity. The root word for timidity is timid. And the root word for timid is intimidation. Uh, say intimidation. Watch this. Intimidation is not your enemy being victorious. Intimidation is not your enemy being victorious. It's your enemy so convincing that you can't win that you don't even engage and try to win. He tries to intimidate you where you don't even try. But God has not given us that. He has not given us a spirit of intimidation, but a power, love, a sound mind, discipline, and self-control. So there's a great effective door, but there's an enemy. You know what? A lot of times, the enemy's bark is more vicious than his bite. Even them little chihuahua, they'll bark all day, try to intimidate you. Somebody, somebody got that one. I ain't going to call no name. But lest they see war, do I believe what God said or do I believe what's in front of my eyes? We walk by, not by sight. Do you really? Do you really? Peter said, Lord, if it's you walking on the water, bid me to what? Bid me to come. Okay, let me show you something here. He began to walk on what? Bigger difference. I think he was walking on a word that would sustain him when normally he would drown and start sinking. And when he took his eyes off of the word, which is come, he started looking at the wind and the waves. Well, you can't see the wind, but you know the effects of the wind and the waves. And he began to, he began to fear. And he began to be double-minded. The word in his heart was come. You, 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 everybody getting it? Come. But he started looking at something else. You know, listen, the, he, the devil don't have to just get you to fully disobey. He just need to get you to consider something else other than what he said. And that's what gets you in trouble when you start considering other things what, other than what he said. Amen, somebody. Abraham's body. You know what God told Abraham? You're going to be the father of many nations. <laughs> was he a young man or old man? The fact was his body was just as good as dead. Was his wife a, a, a young lady or an old lady? Her body was as good as dead. Her womb closed. Closed. Somebody say closed. There you were. I like the way you say closed. At 90 years old. But you know what Abraham did? Watch this. He did not consider the fact that he was an old man and she's an old woman. Yeah, did y'all hear what I said? He did not consider. What did God tell him? You're going to be the father of? Now, somebody need to bite that one. He didn't even consider. But he believed God. He was fully persuaded that what God said he was able to perform. 
Some of this stuff we've been considering, you better throw it out the window. Amen, somebody. When your assignment is revealed, your enemy is revealed. And then the greatest thing you can do is obey and instruction. Amen. The enemy will try to intimidate you and say, you can't do this. This is not a door that you can open. Right before the instruction, the enemy brings the intimidation to scare you. Exodus 14. I ain't got to turn four because I'm right here at 13. Exodus 14, verse 8. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with boldness. You know why they went out with boldness? They were loaded. They were loaded with the Egyptian stuff. So, verse 9, so the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army, and overtook them kept camping by the sea beside uh, Pahara before Baal Zimpon. Verse 12, is n- watch this, you need to unline this. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? See, they want to go back to Egypt. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die. And and a lot of people are saying that today. Verse 13. I love this one. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Look at your neighbor and say, do not be afraid. No, say it like you mean it. Stand what? And see the... I wrote something down over here. Let me see where... I wrote something down. Oh, here it is. Right before me. See it right before me. Lamentations 3 and 26. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Quit fussing, complaining. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And he told them to stand still, didn't he? And see what? The salvation of the Lord. For he will accomplish for you today, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom, what, ooh, <laughs> For the Egyptians, remember, who were pursuing them. Remember that? He said, whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. Say this with me. No more forever. Mm. What is God saying to, to us? He wants us to see when you defeat this enemy and you open this door, this enemy is not supposed to ever come back into your life again. Ever. Complete victory, not partial victory. 
Some of you keep fighting the same old scenery, same old devils, going through the same old cycle. You know what you need to stand up and say? I mean literally stand to your feet. No more! So what's your assignment? My assignment is to occupy. Your warfare is occupational. There's something designed to keep you out. Number two, when the door is revealed, your enemy is revealed. And number three, when you come upon your enemy, there's a divine instruction that you have to obey. God told Moses, time for you to stop talking to me. Stop crying to me. Stop talking to the people. Stop talking to me and stop talking to the people. You know what he was telling him? It's time to go. Look at it. Verse 15, and the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Hey, y'all, it's time to get up and quit talking. It's time to do something. I told you early in the service, we got growth track, we got small groups, we got freedom. It's all set up for you to go. It's time to quit talking. It's time to quit talking. It's time to do. You see the war in Israel? That's a, that's a time clock. And we still sitting here? I don't, I'm, I'm just excited, y'all. I don't think we get it. It's not for us to go home today and watch football and, 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 and you know, go through the same thing we do every weekend and week out. No, we, this thing requires urgency. Say it with me, urgency. God's waiting. And what did he tell him? He said, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. You ever been given a ridiculous, a, a ridiculous instruction? All you did was took a stick and waved it. And the sea part, depart, parted where they can go across on dry ground. What has God told you that seems so ridiculous? Somebody mistreats you? Listen, I need you to go over there and bless that person. But you, in finite, you got financial hardship and you won't obey. You remember, you remember when I gave you number three? I say the greatest thing you can do is obey the instruction. In, in leadership here, I'm, I'm winding this up. In leadership here, when our bishop and our pastor give my wife and I as administrative pastors instructions, the success of that don't depend on us. It's on them. Our job is to carry it out. So when you're given, say it, instruction, the, the success of it don't, it's not on you. It's on it's on God. Do what he say.
Instruction and correction is proof that God still loves me. Instruction and correction is proof that God still loves me. How many discipline their children? That's proof that you love them. You don't discipline, it's proof that you don't love them. Just read your Bible to tell you that. And I'm closing with this. God loves us. God loves us. You know what the question is? How much do we love him? Do we love him enough to obey him? Will you stand to your feet? Hallelujah, Jesus. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. I look at three things here from the instruction. Some people, they just rebel against instruction. They don't want to do it. Some people want to do it, but they're scared. And then some people, they want to do it, but they don't know what to do. If that's you, any one of those three, you come on down to the front. We'll pray for you. If that's anybody. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the start. And you want him in your life. You come on down front. I'm not going to ask anybody to close their eyes about yet. No. Jesus did what he did in front of everybody. I said something earlier. God loves us. He shows it every day. But the question is, how much do we love him? Will we obey? Or will we just keep doing the same old thing? Over and over and over again. And you know what Einstein said about that? And I ain't going to go into that. But we need to be transformed by the renewing our minds that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Amen. So let's go ahead and just pray for our sister and anybody else who, 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 who didn't have the courage to come down. But I prayed that your heart was touched this morning and that you will have a desire, a desire to want to. You know, it does no good to drive, drive around on a, on a riding lawnmower and just ride on the grass and not being engaged, have the blaze engaged. So when we come to church Sunday after Sunday, Wednesday after Wednesday, we need to be engaged so we can receive the instructions and then when we, we leave, we follow the instructions. Amen. So, Father, I thank you for our sister here this morning. Pray that you give her the courage. Take those steps forward to you. You said you've given us everything we need, everything that pertains to life and godliness, that we can live a life that's pleasing unto you. Pray, Father, that you would continue to enlighten her, open the eyes of her understanding, that she may know what is the hope of her calling. We rebuke the enemy that's coming against her. 
I know, Father, that you have great doors for her, but there's also adversaries that come to try to intimidate her. Those are voices out there. But give her the courage and give her the opportunity and the understanding to guard her heart. You said, above all, we guard, guard our heart, because out of it are the issues of life. That's our going forth, our coming out of whatever we're in. Help her to guard her eye gates, her ear gates, and her mouth gate. And let her speak those things that you speak. And help her to say what she want to see until she see what she says. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. We thank you. Thank you for this word today, Father. Thank you for the hearts that have been enlightened. And when we walk out of this place, let all of us, let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and you receive the glory in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that anybody in here who don't know you, I pray that you come into the heart. They open up the door and allow you to open up the door of their hearts and invite you in, that you can come in and sup with them, that you can give them eternal life, just like you did with the woman at the well. Many confusing things are out there, but you give us the truth. You are the truth. You said heaven and earth will pass away before the least of your word fail. So we give you praise. We give you honor for all that you're doing in our lives, Father, and the opportunities that you have given us to represent you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap.